Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. Thank you very much for, for joining us today uh, for another show. If this is the first time that you have found us, welcome. We hope to keep you entertained for the next hour, hour and a half-ish. Might be a little bit longer than that, knowing us. Uh, if you are returning for a subsequent listen to previous podcasts, thank you very much for your loyalty. Thank you for downloading more. We're coming back for some more. We're clearly doing something right if we can get you guys back time and time and again. So for those of you who don't know who we are, uh, I'm Alex. I'm one of the hosts of the Jedi Council. Uh, and we've got a smaller number this week of Jedi Council members. Uh, and with me now and as always is my good buddy and brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. And the final member on the podcast today is the awesome first lady of the Jello Council podcast. It is Mera Ranger. Say hello, Mera. Hello, Mera. Hello, guys. It's good to be back. I've missed the past couple uh, due to personal things. I had the flu, really bad flu, a few weeks back as well. Uh, and apologies for the listeners if, if I tend to sniffle a little bit. Of all, I'm just on the last legs of getting over it, so it's taken a while. But um, yeah, guys, it's good to be back with you talking about Star Wars. Absolutely. Yes. And there's been a hell of a lot going on uh, over the past few weeks. And uh, guys, we've got an incredibly packed agenda for you. It's a bit of a special podcast as well. Uh, we're going to go into some news that's kind of ha happened over the past couple of weeks around the Mandalorian show uh, about Boba Fett movie being cancelled. More on that in a minute. Uh, we're going to talk about the, this weekend's MCM London Comic Con, some of the announcements that have come out of that. Not to mention uh, a bit of an in-depth topic of the week is going to be about the new Resistance uh, animated TV show. <clears throat> we have all had the privilege of watching the episodes that have been released to date. Uh, we're going to go into details of some thoughts and theories and, and our kind of overall feelings about that. And if you stay tuned to the end of the podcast, guys, we have got a competition, uh, especially for you. Um, it's it's a bit of a, it's an interesting one. Uh, well, we think it's interesting anyway, uh, but please stay tuned. That's going to come at the end of the show with some details. Uh, and there'll also be more details about that particular competition on our website in the next few days as well. So kicking off the podcast, guys, um, it's it's kind of sad, really, hearing that the Mandalorian set has been um, has been robbed. Um, it's quite a quite a sad thing to say, and and judging by some of the news that's come out from the uh, from the kind of respective news sources and Lucasfilm in particular, quite some significant pieces of information uh, have been stolen. Apparently, there's a memory card that's got uh, key details about uh, characters, plot lines, and everything like that. I mean, it, it's a sad if this kind of information gets. Uh, kind of released and kind of ruined it for everyone. I know there's some people that love spoilers, but nevertheless, I mean, Dave, this is it's pretty bad, don't you think? It is. Um, I think the fact that we've not seen anything yet, uh, could that imply that the people that have taken it have no awareness of what they've taken? They just robbed a movie set, didn't really think about what they were taking, and they were just clearing out all the camera equipment, and the memory card would have been part of the camera equipment? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's not a bad shout, and I kind of find it ironic, you know, you've got bounty hunters and uh, the underworld, if you want to call it that, and then the, the set's kind of been robbed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It feels yeah. like a massive irony to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but maybe that's just my twisted mind, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been robbed by Boba Fett himself, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that it, on, on an all serious note, um, it is, is, you know, it's obviously some bad news. Uh, about what's going on but uh, you know uh, if something does come out I mean we know very little about this we know it's about the Mandalorians we know it's set 
after Return of the Jedi, and obviously clearly before The Force Awakens. Um, we don't know who the Mandalorian is, or indeed if you know who's underneath the uh, underneath the helmet, as it were. Um, you know, and, and I obviously missed the last podcast, guys, with the two of you, where you were talking to Ali and talking about this particular show, and you guys seem to be quite excited about it, as as am I. You know, and I think there are. It, would, would you be gutted if things got announced into the into the wide world of the web um, spoiling stuff, or are you hoping it stays on the download? I would. I want it to be. Um, I don't want to know anything. I don't want any spoilers. I want a, a fresh show full of you know, keep it secret. <laughs> That's really horrible. I hope it's nothing, you know, in great detail. But I guess we won't know unless something slips in and. And they actually do it. But, yeah, no, no, I don't want spoils at all. I'm so excited for this. I, I don't want to spoil. Yeah, That's absolutely. We, we all know how well Lucasfilm are kind of good at keeping secrets, right? Yes. <laughs> I suppose there's a couple of things that could go from this. Um, either the, the people who've stolen it haven't got an awareness of what they've stolen. Um, and hopefully never will know what they've stolen before they then offload it or before they destroy it or, or whatever overwrite it or whatever so so that's one option i suppose another option is that it will get into the hands of someone who will want to publish it mm. um although i don't know any media agency that would want it yeah. because they'd have to try and i don't know publish it under a false name or something like that and, and get it out there and, and that would just be purely that would just be vindictive just to to cause mischief and I suppose well, the third the... option go on oh sorry no go no, no I was, sorry uh, I, yeah <laughs> I was just going to say the, the third option is that they realise what they've got and they realise how important it could be to certain people and then attempt to blackmail Lucasfilm Disney into to buying it back or maybe hopefully there's nothing of significance on the card. Well, there's, there's hints that there is, isn't there? Oh, poo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, there's been the suggestion that there's there's bits to do with the plots. Ah. With, oh. Yeah, with, with some of the stuff that's already been filmed or, or is being filmed. So, yeah, there's potentially that. There is, there is explosive content on there. Yeah. Yeah, and... And the way the internet works these days, it's it's incredibly easy to set up a, a fake Twitter handle and kind oh, of push stuff out, create a Reddit profile and just basically go go to town with a Reddit article. Um, and knowing the fan culture, the way it is, they'll lap it up to a certain oh, extent. Anyway. Yeah. So oh. distributing the information these days is so much easier than perhaps it might have been in the old days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if yeah. R2 was here, he'd go beep, beep, boop, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> nasty people <laughs> very nasty people it, it, it's like generally it's just sad like you said Alex the fact that you someone to just break into the set and just steal equipment right? yeah. Yeah. just state of, state of things today isn't it mm -hmm. everyone's out for a quick buck yeah yeah cool. but this this kind of Ironically, this 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 kind of story, to to a certain extent, kind of ties into the second piece that we were going to be touching on, which is the cancellation of the Boba Fett movie. Um, so I think it was this week, Kathleen Kennedy actually came out in an interview and said that the uh, 
Boba Fett movie was dead uh, and that they'll be focusing the Mandalorian storyline uh, on the TV show. Now, being a uber Boba Fett fan, um, I was gutted. I think the Star Wars community at large, to a certain extent, was, was kind of gutted as well. Um, and this is clearly an indication of slowing down, uh, which was announced a few weeks ago, wasn't it, that they're going to take a step back, they're going to review everything. Uh, but it's interesting that such a fan favourite, such as Boba Fett, is yeah. being cancelled. Um, uh, maybe I'm a bit blurry in my opinion here because I'm such a fan, but when you think the fan favourite of Solo uh, and the reaction to the movie from the fan base anyway, not necessarily from a commercial point of view, because we know it didn't do that well, um, for whatever reason, and um, we're not going to go into that. Um, but I think uh, I, I think the way that this has kind of come about is that slowdown that Disney have kind of said. I think it was Bob Iger, wasn't it, a few weeks ago, that they're going to slow down on Star Wars. And, and this is clearly the first victim, if you want to call it that, uh, of that particular school of thought. Um, I know I was looking forward to this particular film. Dave, what about you? Yeah, um, I, I suppose without covering a ground that we've already covered on pre previous podcasts, um, the, 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 you, you've almost got two two camps here, haven't you, with regards to the the fans themselves? Because I know Andy, for one, and, and Ali has mentioned this as well, that neither of them two are particularly interested in stories of existing spin-off characters. So, so whilst the pair of them have enjoyed the movies and the, the pair of them have said that they, they well, Ali wasn't a fan of, of Rogue One, but they both said that they were a fan of Solo and they did enjoy Solo. But both of them have, have hinted that if it was a choice of theirs, the Solo movie probably never had been made anyway because they had no interest in his background. Um, and there is there is quite a large group of, of fans out there who don't want all these spin-off movies about what are seen as side characters. So Solo, Kenobi, um, Maul, for instance. Whereas I'm, I think I'm with you, Alex, in that I, if it's made well, I want Star Wars content. And... I'm not interested in whether it's a brand new character or whether we are retreading an existing character and fleshing them out more and providing more background or providing what happened to them after the, the, the saga, where they interacted with the saga. So so for me, yeah, it's, it's a shame because I, I would have been looking forward to seeing uh, a standalone movie with... Uh, Boba Fett in whether that was before he interacted with the saga or or after um, the Sarlacc pit. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gutted by this one, and and I'm gutted by the as I said at the time, I'm gutted by the idea that that Bob Iger um, has suggested that there'll be a slowdown in in the films. I for one am not someone suffering from Star Wars fatigue. I for one want the movies um for me even if there was one a year um as long as they've been doing being done right and being well produced well written well directed then more than one film a year so long as the, the quality's there yeah um continue with your saga movies but to, to me at this point in time the saga I'm sorry to say, isn't something that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the third part of. Whereas 
a standalone movie around Kenobi, a standalone movie around Solo. The Mandalorian TV show, when it comes out, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but, but yeah, so, so for me, I'm, I am a little bit gutted by this. Yeah, and I think there's, there's an interesting irony in that, isn't there? That, you know, when, when you've got the core fan base the, the way that we are, you know, episode nine's on the way for next year. We know it's, it's kind of filming and whatnot. But there's still, I won't say there's a lack of appetite for episode nine. That might be a bit of a stretch. But when you've got the fans saying, actually, I preferred Rogue One and Solo more than episode Ooh. seven and eight. It, it speaks volumes to a certain extent. Well, I think it does anyway. In yeah, that, but they're, they're not making the money. See, that's that's the thing. Um, it becomes a balance between the balance sheet um, and what is a good film. Um, Rogue One is an incredibly good war film. Uh, it's Star Wars after all, right? Um, and the last... A lot of people say, oh, yeah, Rogue One's a really good film because of the Darth Vader scene. It, even if you cut the Darth Vader scene out of it, it's still a very good Star Wars film. It is. Yes. The, the Vader scene, for me, is the icing on the cake. Um, yeah. With a little cherry on top as well. well. But the great thing about the the Rogue One movie as well is that other than Vader and a couple of other cameos of people such as Tarkin and what have you, everybody in that was brand new characters. Everybody had a brand new story, had a um, history built up from scratch. So Disney Lucasfilm can do fantastic movies that are not using existing characters they can take the story in a new direction they can um, build a brand new bit of canon so they can do that so i i'm not against them doing brand new characters and brand new things but even so i'm a little bit gutted that they're not prepared to carry on with the standalone movies for now yeah and that's it's interesting because when you think of episode seven the reaction that that got it was a hybrid of the old and the new. Uh, it it showed that the, the, the Lucasfilm were thinking about existing cust- uh, existing kind of fan base, reintroducing new characters to take the trilogy <laughs> forward. You, you, you almost slipped up there, and I would actually agree with your, your original comment, the, the existing customers. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Be- because because <laughs> we are. Some. We are. We, we, we're customers. We're consumers. But... but if it hadn't been for the existing consumers, customers for the last 40 years, it wouldn't be worth $4 billion, $4 billion when George Lucas sold it to Disney. Yeah. So to then alienate that core fan group, mm-hmm. it just feels a bit strange. Mm-hmm. But, but I agree, episode seven was a great idea and a great way of doing it to try and re-engage with that original consumer base, that original fan base. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it's funny how we've only lasted 15 minutes and we've gone off on a completely different tangent, <laughs> which, isn't, which isn't unusual for our podcast whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> so circling back, Mera, um, it, we all know that your, your, your favourite character is, is obviously R2. Um, would, would Boba Fett kind of feed into one of your bad guy kind of characters as a favourite? Yeah, yeah, no, I was, uh, I, I'm disappointed that they've, um, have, have they, that they, they're canning it, for lack of a better word. Um, I, I, I would be very interested in having a Bubba Fett movie. I want an Obi movie. I want, um, I have to echo Dave with this, that I, I don't have the fatigue either. Star Wars is, um, I, honestly, I just can't get enough. 
I want more stories. I want more things. Yeah, I'd love to see Boba Fett movie. So yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I think we are in a position where I'm hope I'm hoping they don't completely can it. You know, maybe delay it, postpone it for for now, and then maybe mm-hmm. look at revisiting it because he's such a interesting character. Um, you know, they tried to delve into the backstory a little bit in you know just a Clone War film, but obviously the Clone Wars TV show where we saw a young Boba become this this bounty hunter, uh, and and we know that in the old expanded universe, he survived mm-hmm. the solo. So it would have been yeah. interesting to have seen. I don't know if there was any news. I hadn't seen any personally around when this particular film was going to be set. Was it post Sarlacc Pit or in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope when he starts to get his reputation? So I'm really hoping that Disney come back to, to kind of revisit this at some point in time. <clears throat> well, even George Lucas revisited it with the prequels. I mean, he there was enough interest and enough intrigue about Boba Fett. Who is this Boba Fett that, you know, he popped him in the prequels too. So like, hmm, I'll give him a little bit more. <laughs> and we <Yeah>. loved it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and especially, I suppose, with the tie into kind of the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. We've seen there's the image um, of the gun or blaster, even uh, the kind of blaster rifle that the Mandalorian is carrying. And there was a screen. Uh, sorry, there was a picture, wasn't there, on John Favreau's uh, Instagram showing the, the rifle in its entirety. And it's a exactly, double, double tip. Yeah, yeah double yeah. kind of. Uh, barrel uh, and effectively that's what Boba Fett had in the animated part of the holiday special um, yeah. which which led to an interesting conversation in our <laughs> WhatsApp group of does that make the holiday special canon first and foremost and I think we should save that conversation for another podcast, probably, uh, because that can t- that, that's going to take a whole different random conversation. But the, where I was going was obviously John Favreau is digging deep into the archives, if you want to call it that, of Star Wars lore. So kind of referencing this rifle for me shows that he was going to do the Mandalorian justice and will do it justice. But ultimately, Boba Fett, you know, he's, he's, he's hanging around somewhere. Um, you know, hopefully one day we'll see it. You never know. Yeah, yeah. We can hope. That's right. Another piece of news that we was going to speak to you guys about was, so in London this weekend, it was the MCM London Comic Con. Uh, This is an annual event that's been going on for for quite a few years now. Um, It isn't as big, dare I say, as anything like San Diego Comic Con, New York Comic Con. It's not that big yet, but it's kind of growing. Um, And there's been quite a few pieces of, information that's been dropped this weekend uh in particular looking at the hasbro booth um i think this is the first time dave you know we, we've kind of commented in the past haven't we how us over here in the uk um we kind of get left behind a little bit on certain things uh, so for me it was good to see a hasbro panel talking about everything that they're going to do but here in london in the uk because it kind of makes it a bit more a bit more local uh, a bit more relative uh, for us in the uk anyway um and Dave, I know some of the items uh, that were kind of spoken about this weekend has taken your kind of eye, uh, and there's a few things I'm going to talk about as well. But what's really taken your eye that's been announced over the past few days? Um, well, the thing that jumped out is new Black Series announcements, which um, obviously of interest to me to, to go with my collection of um, uh, Black Series figures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Which ones in particular? 
Um, well, I saw. Um, well, actually, actually, the the two official ones are both droids. So I I hear Mera's ears prick up at that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'll come to the second one in a, in, a, in a second. But the first one is a battle droid, which is great. Um, I've already got a number of clone troopers, um, Captain Rex, um, and uh, General Kenobi. So it'd be quite nice to have the other side of it. I've even got um, Darth Maul, so it'd be good to actually have one of the battle droids. So he's on my list, she, it, I don't know how you want to phrase that, <laughs> it is on my hit list uh, as a definite purchase. And the other one, um, a drum roll please for Mara here, is an R2. <laughs> so you can get a Black Series R2 coming soon. <laughs> yes, yes, I thought you'd be happy about that. <laughs> I think we need to give Mera a couple of seconds to compose herself, to lift herself up off the floor uh, before hearing that. Um, so have you seen the, the images that have been released of this particular R2? Yes. So... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, for, for the benefit of the listeners that hasn't seen it, and I'm hoping these are the same ones that you guys have seen, but it looks as though it's R2 from Dagobah. He, he he looks like he, he looks a bit grimy. Yeah, a little bit grimy. He's got some green stuff on on his on his helmet helmet kind of. It's not a helmet, is it? It's uh, on his head, if you want to call it that. Um, he's got some marks on the outside of him as well, and he looks a little. He doesn't. He looks like he's just landed in Dagobah um, and basically been spat out of the water um, as we as that that famous scene from The Empire Strikes Back. And for me, it kind of gives a little bit of a. A lived-in feel from an R2 perspective. Um, I, I've seen a few R2s in the past that look like they're more prequel-era R2, where it's quite gleamy, quite shiny. Um, whereas this is this is definitely original trilogy-era R2. Mera, now you've seen him, what are you thinking? <laughs> oh my goodness, he's just a darling, scruffy-looking little thing, isn't he? Grabby <laughs> <laughs> <Rabbit> hands. <laughs> <laughs> Should we give you a minute, Mera? Oh, my birthday's in a week. Come on. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't think it'll be out in time. <laughs> I'm yeah. crying now. Yeah, oh my goodness! Thing, is that this particular uh, item is going to be a summer 2019 figure? <laughs> um, so you might have to get it for your probably for your next birthday. The way things are going, and the way that they release them, uh, and obviously the Battle Droid six-inch figure. Uh, is going to be a spring 2019, apparently, as well. So uh, a little bit of a wait, but nevertheless, it's something to look forward to, right? Oh, yes. And, and it's funny because uh, the Dagobah R2 is, is probably one of my favorites. <laughs> Just what a little champ he is. And <laughs> leave him out in the rain and everything. I mean, come on. Anyway, I can't wait. Next summer? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm distraught. That's the thing. You're always looking at... at uh, 12 months yeah it's just gutting <laughs> right <laughs> well I mean, you've got to... plenty of time to save up yes oh he's just marvellous yes I will save my pennies <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's um a few other things that kind of got released that caught my eye um and and this 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 actually had a bit of a debate on our Jedi Council WhatsApp group. Um, there was also some resistance figures uh, that were released. And 
it caused a bit of a stir, if I want to call it that. Now, we're going to talk about the, show, the TV show Resistance uh, in a while, but these particular figures kind of caught our collective eye because when you compare the kind of packaging to the Black Series, to the Vintage Card, um, and, and again, touching on something new that's been released, this, this Black Series archive uh, set of figures, it's very much a, I don't want to call it a childish packaging, um, but it still feels quite like it's aimed at a younger market. Dave, you know, we're, we're both the, the kind of avid collectors amongst the council. Um, and looking at these, I mean, the figures look pretty cool. Uh, the design of them, the drawings, the kind of, they've kept the animation on the figure the way they have it on the screen, which is great. But as a collector, I mean, for me, I, I, I don't think I'll be rushing to kind of collect these. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you on this. They, they, they don't jump out at me. Um, the, the packaging looks... I think I even mentioned this on our last podcast, actually. The, the packaging looks like it's there to attract the eye, catch the eye on, on whilst, it's, whilst it's on sale, if that makes sense. Um, so, again, it, it links into the fact that the, the animated show itself looks like it's aimed at a younger market. The toys are aimed at a younger market. Um, the packaging is is there to catch the eye of the younger market. Um, the figures themselves, uh, I'm I'm not with you on the cool thing. I I don't like the way that they look. Dare I say they look a bit like Bob the Builder figures. Um, which I I don't know if that means anything for the US audience. Um. But they look exceedingly cartoony, um, and and th- they look like they're honest representations. To be fair, um, um, of of the cartoon itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to touch on our kind of thoughts and feelings about the yeah. about the show in a little while. And, 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 yeah, yeah. So so that's why for me they don't appeal as figures because. They wouldn't go with any of my other figures, if that makes sense. Whereas the when they brought out the Rebels figures, um, they were consistent with the other ranges, uh, and you could you could have a shelf of them, and they would stand. They, I've I've got some of the three and three quarter inch uh, Rebels figures. I've got Ezra. Um, I've got. Kanan, uh, a couple of others as well. Um, plus, a, 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 I've got a, a Phantom um, in the three and three quarter inch range, and they will go with my other Star Wars figures. Um, they're slightly more colourful, slightly brighter than other Star Wars figures, not but not a great deal when you look at a Lando or something like that. Um, they don't stand out dramatically, but I just think these look a lot more cartoony style figures. And, and for me, that just just doesn't make them appeal. Yeah, yeah, and I, I kind of feel the same as you. And Mero, I know you're not the avid collector, the same as us, but obviously you've, you've seen the show, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. But you know, the, these kind of figures, would they be up your street if they if you were a collector? Um, honestly, probably not. Yeah, I'm. I see what you mean by what they're looking like, Bob the Builder. Dave um they're I mean they're not bad they're bright and they're you know um 
your eye it catches your eye but they just don't they match the animated series for sure yes. Yes. Uh, but as far as detail i'm really more of um rebels is okay um i guess i i really like the solo the rogue one and the and the you know the saga uh skywalker saga figures the best of course but um yeah no i think that i would probably pass them over they just but, don't but look- again I mean, I, yeah i just think that links into maybe what what the marketing will be for them as well right yeah, yeah, and your and your comment there, Mera, about the uh, the kind of classic figures, if you want to call it that, um, ties in quite nicely actually, because one of the other kind of series of figures that that's going to be coming soon is this Star Wars Black Series Archive uh, Collection. Mm. Uh, this is definitely more up my street as a as a collector. Um, I've got a few of the original Black Series uh, when they first started to come out. Uh, in the early 2010s, 2012, 2013, give or take. Um, and yeah. uh, the the packaging back then was the the black box, kind of what you have now, except the kind of colours on it was like a blue with a, the black and white image of that particular character. Now, what what seems to happen with this this new archive series that they've kind of gone back to a more carded figure. Uh, so for those of us that have been collecting for a while, having the card, the, the, the figure on that particular card is, is what I really like about collecting. Don't get me wrong, I have my, my Black Series figures that I collect as well. But these, for me, really caught my eye. Um, the styling looks really cool. The packaging looks excellent. Uh, the detailing on, on the actual imagery um, of the characters as well. Not to mention that the, the, the images, sorry, the actual characters that they've announced are Luke in his X-Wing uh, pilot outfit. We've got a Bosque. We've got a Boba Fett, and finally we have the other bounty hunter whose name is oh, IG88. That's the one. Um, so we've got a collection of figures that have come from original trilogy era, um, which which for me is is, is amazing, and, and I love the way that they look and the way that they're styled. Um, ironically, I re- I have the original Boba Fett that was done in the original Black Series. Will I buy this one again? Gotcha. <laughs> He just looks so cool. Um, and I, I've also got the the collectible that was an exclusive for Star Wars Celebration in Germany that Dave and I went to a few years back. So, you know, this will, is it the same figure? Quite possibly. I mean, the detailing looks a little bit better, don't get me wrong. But this is what I love when it comes to collecting. Um, I'm a big fan of the vintage card, uh, but this type of styling as well. Dave, you know, you, you've seen these pictures as well, mate. Um, I'm going to assume you're licking your lips the way I am. Yeah, yes and no. Um, I love the figures, love the figures, and the packaging looks great. Um, but, but uh, uh, there is a but. Um, I like the boxes. It, it gives it a sense of prestige. It gives it a sense of drama, maybe that a card doesn't have. Um, I've got a range of different figures from different sets. I've got a couple of the sideshows. The, the hot toy ones. I've got a couple of, well, I've got a few of the artifacts ones, um, Kota Biyuki, I think, or something like that. I've got the Bandai movie realization range, most of them now. Um, and all of them are in boxes, and all of them, there's a sense of drama when you open the box, and, and some of them have got um, um, visible figures in them before you open the box i'm like the the um sideshow ones 
normally they've got almost like a flap that you open up and you can see the figure inside. Uh, you've got the the black series where it's you've got a a, a, gl- uh, a glass front, well not glass, but like a plastic front, so you can actually see the figure themselves. But there's still a sense of drama of opening up the box and and taking them out of the box. And and one of the good things from a collector perspective is that you can get them out of the box without damaging the packaging. So, having them on a card, it takes some of the drama away because it's it's not in a box. Um, it for me it takes some of the luxury away because it feels cheaper as a as a plastic mm. bubble and card. Um, I'm not saying it is cheap; it might, it might be just as expensive to produce, but it feels cheaper from that perspective. And then. You've got the damage that you do when you open, when you take them off the cards. It's it's almost impossible to get the, the bubble off the card without damaging the card. So mm-hmm. you then end up, do, do you buy twice so that you can take one off without and not worry about the card and do take and keep one in its box? Um, I've got for, for all of my collection, I've got. Um, should I admit this? I've I've got an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, you're a nerd if you did that. Yeah, <laughs> that that has all of my all of my figures. So if anything ever happened to me, my wife has a full record of everything I've got. Um, and so she could, which includes date of release. It includes um which which film it came from what the what the range is what the manufacturer is I mean, it's got everything it really has but anyway um one of the things that i've actually got on there is whether it is still boxed or not and and some items i actually do have a few items that are still boxed i don't unbox everything um but secondly ask do i still have the box now if you've got bubbles and it's just carded bubbles how do you keep your packaging See, how can you put it back in its packaging? This is where you and I differ greatly when it comes to collecting. Um, I think I, I didn't even think about those considerations because I don't open anything that I buy. Um, yes. Well, correction. Um, I, I open some. However, I'm the reverse of you, Dave. Aren't I? Where I tend to keep everything in a box. I don't open it. I try and keep it as pristine as, as possible. Um, when I do my my trips to the US and I start to bring things back, I make sure that they are in my hand luggage, uh, wrapped up in cotton wool, not physically, <laughs> boxy, but um, as close as I can do. Um, Lots of shorts. Yeah. <coughs> socks, socks, <laughs> t-shirts, yeah. Um, to make sure that the, co- the corners don't curve or bend or, or whatever. But that, uh, so I suppose those considerations about, I understand your point though, where if you do take that, the front off, you get mm. the mark on the particular card, don't you, of, of where the, yeah. the ball used to be. So I completely appreciate that, but that's never been a consideration because I'm there's no way I'm opening these uh, because yeah. they look so cool. Um, you could argue that my collection can potentially start to look like a shop <laughs> where everything's in a box. Uh, there are some of them where I started to peel off the, the price tag and it started to rip, so I've left it um, as well. Uh, <laughs> so I think that kind of definitely kind of considers how we both collect and how we can potentially have these. Whereas when you look at the Disney, uh, the Disney Elite figures that, that just started to come out once the takeover had happened, I I open them. Um, for me, they're they're not the collectible. For me, they are good. They look amazing. Um, 
and actually when you put them out on display they're ridiculously heavy um, they're, they're all metal yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and the, the quality of the build is there but that would never be a figure that I would save in card um, again, that's, that's strange that you don't with it yeah. I think it's just me being a bit I tend to see that the Hasbro uh, figures or, or the Kenner ones as they used to be they are in my mind anyway maybe I'm just a little bit weird listeners you know let us know am I am I, am I, am I the only one that's like this I don't know um, the, the Hasbro Kenner figures are for me uh, maybe I am slightly old-fashioned in that mindset don't know um, but nevertheless they are the ones that I would keep carded I've got vintage card I've got black series that are all still within their boxes but the Disney elite ones I think the only Disney elite that I've actually kept boxed is the Boba Fett prototype um, mainly because I bought it on the day that it came out and I haven't ever seen it since so that was a kind of factor for me not that I'm going to sell my figures but nevertheless um, <clears throat> it's something to kind of add to your point Dave that if God forbid I was hit by a bus um, my wife would know which of my collectibles would be beneficial to her selling them <laughs> rather than just taking them down to the charity shop down the road. So, I would, I would hope Amy would contact you. <laughs> she would say, Alex, would you like all these? And I would say, yes, please. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know. I don't know if she'd do that. <laughs> <Probably not. laughs> but no, you, you, She's you, like, you, I'm set for life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get my meaning, though. Uh, <clears throat> but, um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. And, and interestingly enough, just talking about the Disney figures, something else that was announced um, was some exclusives unique to the Disney store, but the Black Series, which is interesting. Um, you know, normally Hasbro kind of distribute all their products, and I'm sure these will end up in places like, uh, I know they said Toys R Us there, but that doesn't exist anymore. Um, no. Places like Smives, The Entertainer, things like that. Um, there is a three additional figures that are coming out that are exclusive to the Disney store that are Hasbro Black Series being uh, Captain Phasma um, with a with a lovely black cape. There is a Stormtrooper with a blast accessories and there's a Zuckus. So, you know, we had a chat about this off air and, you know, we both kind of thought, and you know, Zuckus, that's a bit of a random one. Don't really see him, that, him, her, it, another one it's, of those, it, they. Um, it's, not, it's not an often figure that you, you kind of see, right? It's, it's not. And, and we were talking about it earlier, weren't we, Mary? Um, I, I remember the original three and three quarter from the early 80s. And I love that figure. Really did. <laughs> I don't have it anymore. Uh, it's one of the ones that my mum convinced me to give to my nephews when I, when, uh, according to her, when I became too old for toys. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gutted. I still I don't have Zuckus anymore. But anyway. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> you can reminisce there a little bit, Dave. You, know, yeah. you can see the thought bubbles uh, appearing yeah. in your brain referring back to that. Um, but, um, yeah, so there's, there's obviously been quite a lot of news that has been announced uh, from MCM. Uh, have I missed anything, Dave? Is there anything else that really took your eye or, or does that kind of wrap it up nicely? I think that's everything that I've seen from MCM. Um, Another thing that I've seen announced slightly wider than MCM um, was a Lego um, program or, or movie shorts. I don't know how you'd phrase it, really. Um, so, um, sorry, I'm stealing your thunder here. Sorry, sorry, Ike. Um, it's, some, it's something that's being released. I think it's being released in the US tomorrow. 
and the, the like mini short. You know the way that you've seen the the Disney ones that uh, came out, Forces of Destiny. Um, but these are Lego based ones, and I think they're being done by is it Bill and Bob, the two guys who did the Free Makers. Oh, is this the Lego All Stars thingy? Yes, that's it, All Stars. Um, so I think it comes out tomorrow as the, for the first of these shorts. It's on Disney, Disney Channel, Disney Now, um, and YouTube. Um, and I think there's there's a, a number of shorts and uh, some longer editions also planned. Um, I think this, the shorts start tomorrow, and there's there's a week of shorts, but that's that's purely in the US at the moment. I mean, I mean, you'd probably be able to pick it up via YouTube anyway in the UK, but. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that um, on on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, um, and it I must admit it looked pretty cool because it's literally a mishmash of different eras. You know, there was yes Lando from the solo film, um, and then it cut to then a scene from the original trilogy to the prequel trilogy to Lego stories. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting way that they're going to take the stories. But I I think that's pretty cool. Um, I was a fan of the the free makers. Um, and I'm generally a fan of what Lego do from a TV show perspective. Anyway, the, the Star Wars series are, mm. are very cool, um, uh, you know, easily enjoyable. Um, and I was actually going to use this as a comparison for Resistance. So I might actually save that for later. But it's it's a really cool thing. And yeah, uh, I think that's going to be an interesting TV show. And you know, I'm sure we'll get it here in the UK at some point. Uh, we might have to lean on Mira to try and get us a inside story if she can find it at all. Well, I can negotiate uh, an an R two D two for next year. No. <laughs> of course, anything for you guys. Anything for the podcast, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, yeah, Dave, that's a really good shot. Actually, uh, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> Looks cute. I've, I've, yeah, I've seen it pop up a few times over the last couple of days. To a certain extent, that's actually a pretty good segue. Um, so from, from a news perspective, I think that's a bit of a wrap up of, of everything that's happened, um, over the past couple of weeks. Um, the, the last piece of news actually is in around John Williams. So there's obviously been an announcement where he was taken ill recently. He was supposed to be doing a public appearance at a, um, a John Williams music concert and, uh, he was too ill, taken ill. Uh, so he couldn't attend. So we, us from the Jedi Council, obviously, send our best wishes to to Mr. Williams and and making sure that he's okay. Um, a couple of news pieces have come out over the past day or two saying he's he's recovering and he's actually heading back to the US, which is a good thing. Um, so we wish him well from from all of us uh, at the Jedi Council. And and he actually ties into our competition uh, again. So I'm going to dangle that carrot to keep you guys interested, to make you think, what on earth are these guys talking about? But hang around. Uh, we're going to talk about resistance, and then we're going to come back to that particular competition at the end of the show. So, resistance. Can you imagine what it's like to be an ace pilot? This is your chance to make that true. I've got a mission for you. Yes! Blend in, find out who's loyal to the good guys and who isn't. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. You can work on my team. Get ready to be impressed. 
But when it comes to your mission as a spy, I don't want anything to do with it. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I just wanted to wish my competition good luck. This is fine. I'm fine. Just be careful and don't explode. I'll do my best. This should be good. Here we go. Star Wars Resistance, in all new series, premieres Sunday, October 7th at 10 on Disney Channel. Yes! Um, <clears throat> the interesting animated new TV show that has come out uh, from Lucas Stroke Disney. Um, we have all seen the first three stroke four episodes, uh, I believe. Um, the fifth episode, The High Tower, was today. I think it got released today in the US. I don't know if it's the same in the UK. I haven't seen it pop up on my, my Sky TV guide that I've got. Um, so I'm going to keep an eye out for that. Interestingly enough, that's the one I'm really looking forward to because apparently the first order appeared. Uh, spoiler alert to a certain extent. Um, but Guys, you know, we've we've looked at the first kind of three, four. The reason why I say three, four is because similar to, to Rebel, similar to Clone Wars, the first episode was like a double header. Um do we do we count that as one episode? Do we count it as two? Um either way. <laughs> um either way I'm gonna say four because that seems to be the 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 way it's kind of shown on, on different TV shows. So we've seen the first four episodes and um <clears throat> Dave, we kind of touched on it from a figure perspective on the way that it's, it's animated and whatnot. And I'm keen to get your kind of view on this because you are the, the artist uh, of the council. Um, oh. Resistance. <sighs> oh, yeah. Had, what do you think? Did, did, did you like it? Did you like the storyline? Did you like the animation? Um, interesting enough, I think you've, you've showed it to your boys, haven't you? Yes. And um, it'd be interesting. I, 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 I'll just say I'll, I'll reflect that back on you because you you there was a couple of ums and ahs there. So, what's your thoughts on it? I'm honestly I'm torn. I think is the best way to describe it. Um, there's the the fan in me that consumes everything and anything Star Wars, right? Um, and that's what we try to give the podcast and give you guys that are listening everything and anything Star Wars. So we're going to talk about everything. Resistance for me falls into the category of I'm going to watch it purely because it's Star Wars. I think that's the best way to describe it. I, It's not that I didn't like it. It's not that I super liked it. I just kind of felt it was okay, I think is the best way to describe it, where the animation style, I don't mind the animation style. I think it's pretty cool. It's kind of anime-esque. It's quite bright. It's quite friendly to watch. The storyline and the characters, on the other hand, that's where I tend to struggle, dare we say it. Um, you know, we've got a variety of different characters, human, robot, alien, and it's a good mash mashup of, of type of different characters to keep them involved in the conversation and, and the storyline. But for me, you've got the lead characters, you've got some side characters, <clears throat> you've got BB-8, love BB-8. It's probably my favourite part about the whole show, to be honest with you. Um, oh. Which is, an, which is ironic, considering all he does is go beep and boo. Um, not as good as Arthur, don't get me wrong. But, you know, um, he's he's kind of the, the one thing that I do like really like about the show. But kind of, if we take the first four episodes, and guys, we're not going to go into detail about what happened in each one of them. This is just a bit of an overview of, of it. And I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on some of the points. But we have the main character, 
Kaz, um, who, when we first meet him in the opening episode, he's he's in an X-wing. He's leading two other fighters. He's clearly got some key information that he needs to pass on to Poe Dameron, who obviously we later see who recruits him for for for, for resistance. But when we see Kaz, he's kind of introduced as like leading these type, leading these kind of uh, X-wings. He's battling against the red TIE fighter, who we are led to believe is this super awesome uh, TIE fighter fight pilot that has <clears throat> never been shot apart from by Prodamer, apparently. Um, and he seems to be quite a headstrong, quite a leader, if you want to call him that. Um, then when he gets drafted into the resistance and he goes to the, to the outpost, he tends to then become a bit of a child, dare I, dare I say it. And it's a bit of a juxtaposition the way that the character has been introduced to the way that they continue to make him develop in a bit of a in a bit of a youngful, mindful manner. Um, so it's a bit of a odd decision to make him go from one extreme to the other. Um, for me, it probably would have been more relatable that if he is this this awesome pilot, he gets drafted in to fight alongside Poe as an extreme pilot, which he may end up doing anyway, one way or another. But to then take him out of that situation, to put him into a situation where he is then this man-child. I don't like saying that because I feel like I'm one of these people that hate Ryan Johnson <laughs> by calling him that. But he, he's quite young, um, even though he seems to be, I'm going to say, early 20s from a humanoid point of view, um, the way that he, the way you assume things are. But he seems to be quite young. So he's gone from one extreme to the other, and that is what I, I didn't like. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I kind of felt it was a bit okay. Uh, some of the surrounding characters are, are, are interesting. Um, you know, we've got the one other character that I personally struggled with was with the um, the alien, and his name has Niku. yeah Niku. Thank you. And he's uh, if you're going to have a character who takes everything literal the way he does. For me, I would have preferred that to have been a droid. Um, like when you see them talking to 3PO, um, he tends to take things quite literal. He's a droid. He doesn't have any interpretation of, of sarcasm uh, and things like that. And the way that Niku is, he seems to be like that way. Now, don't get me wrong. If he's an alien, that he might not understand the, the humanoid concept of, of sarcasm. And I appreciate that. But if he's been stuck on this outpost for a while, he's with these individuals, he would have been introduced to sarcasm. He would have been introduced to taking things not very literal. I, I'm going to assume here. Um, obviously, we don't know his backstory, but nevertheless, he's one of these characters. That I'm thinking you'd probably be better off as a droid uh, because it kind of made it for me anyway. It would have made more sense. Um, again, it just seems to be kind of shoehorning uh, a Greedo-esque <laughs> um, type of character to become part of this particular story. So again, there's these things for me that that missed the mark um <clears throat> there are some good things um that i that i did like um i think it was in the third episode uh or fourth episode of um fuel the fire i think it is where we see kaz kind of breaks in uh to the uh living quarters of the other main character whose name i forgot yarrick that's it yarrick um <clears throat> and he picks up a picture frame and we see yarrick um back in the day with a family and oh. interestingly for me anyway the background of that is the exact same background that is Batu, which is going to be the new planet on um star wars galaxy's edge in disneyland and walt disney world um so for me 
I was a bit like, oh my God, that's pretty cool. Um, so they're kind of tying in the wider universe um, into the various different shows. We know also know that the Batu is is the planet that's in the Thrawn uh, book where he teams up with Vader. Um, so therefore, it's nice to see Disney tying everything together with Lucasfilm on making things connect, which for me again was a was a good thing. But I'm struggling to kind of think of things that really stood out for me. Um, some of the racing scenes, perhaps. So again, it, it didn't hit the spots that when you look at the first couple of episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels or even the Gendy Tartakovsky um, Clone Wars TV show, the first few episodes were quite gripping. They kind of got you into the show. This, they seem to be a lot of one and done shows. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be tying along in Star Wars, right? It's going to have an underpinning storyline of some description that will happen. And we know that it's um, Kaz's secret mission. But at the moment, it's, it's missing more than it's hitting for me. And I've realised I've been talking for the last six minutes. So I'm going to hand over to one of you guys. <laughs> well, since my, I, I'll go next because I've seen the least of it. I've seen like the full, um, uh, what did I say? So um, anyway, I'm just surprised that uh, Kaz is that old. I thought he was 15, no more than 17. <laughs> um yeah from even from the beginning i mean at first i thought well maybe and then um just yeah i he gets on my nerves a little bit to be honest don't hate me i am going to um i'm gonna watch it just like you alex it's style was and i'm gonna watch the whole thing just because um and now really don't hate me because i'm going to admit that i didn't fall in love with the clone wars at first it took me probably a couple seasons actually to oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but it was just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But then, of course, it gripped me. But And so I, I look at it differently now, the beginning. But yeah, no, I didn't get totally sucked in with the Clone Wars either. So I, But this, this is different than the Clone Wars, too. Um, it just seems very young. The characters are, seem very young, very... Um, I don't know. It it hasn't clicked with me, but um, and I'm not a fan as yet. So I, I will give it a go and uh, continue to watch. But yeah, the uh, the literal um, what was his name again? The alien guy or Nico? Nico. Yeah, I I was just like, what is he and what is he supposed to be? Not so much alien part of him, just like are you really that literal or are you really that <laughs> ignorant or, you know, I'm still like, I don't know how to take him at all. And I just, I didn't like that feeling because I wanted, maybe I wanted to love it immediately, you know, I don't know. But anyway, that's my two cents and I will continue watching and who knows, this is just the beginning of this. So here we go. Okay. Dave. Okay. <laughs> I don't mind the animation. I quite like the animation. Um, it's very bright, very colourful, um, and even the the seas, the the shows, like almost like their image, which shows like one of the racing ships streaking across the screen uh, with Star Wars and Resistance above and below, almost like the line that it's it's flying. It's all very bright and very colourful. And I like that. I really do like that. Um, again, it's the character for me. Um, now, to put it into context, 
it's a kids TV show. Um, and I think that's the thing that maybe all three of us are struggling with here. Um, the Clone Wars was an animation, but the themes that it handled were quite complex sometimes. And whilst a lot of the episodes, you did get story arcs of three episodes that would go together sometimes. But for the most part, the, the stories were standalone and you jump from battle scene to battle scene and you saw those troops and, and what was happening with them. You got recurring troops who would pop up amongst a number of episodes and obviously you always had Kenobi and, and Anakin and, and Ahsoka so it was following the Clone Wars but the the actual theme that it was covering and sometimes the darkness that it, it had and, and the morality style questions that were in there they were quite grown up morality stories and quite grown up sentiment that was in there while still being a really good animation and a really good story that was simplistic enough for children to follow my boys absolutely loved it he was even called but, a street rat and yes well. yeah exactly so it, it, it there were comments at the time around it being disneyfied the adventures that the characters had were fast-paced there was lots of action happening there was a lot to keep children who probably wouldn't follow the the, the, the deeper storyline. There was still plenty of that in there to keep the, the attention of younger watchers, but the actual themes that were in there, even from the very first episode, where you saw Tarkin's village, was it Tarkin village or Tarkin town? Tarkin town, okay. I think it was yeah. called. Um, it's quite a bleak picture that was painting of people who'd been kicked out of their properties who were starving and the rebels were stealing for those individuals and that that was a, a picture that was painted straight away which which set an undercurrent an undertone to the the, the wider story and, and what the rebels were fighting for i've yet to see that in resistance with with three four episodes in now um there doesn't feel like there's an undercurrent, there's an understory to this, short of Kazuda um, being this this really bad spy. Um, so, so yeah, so there, there isn't an undercurrent to this story yet. Um, maybe it will progress when the First Order become more involved in the story, I don't know. Um, so... I'm, I'm with the pair of you that this feels much more like it's purely aimed at children. It's got a Star Wars think? tag on it. Sorry? What did the boys think? It was colourful and they enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. um, at the age of 11, almost 12, and 8, almost 9, they, they enjoyed it from the fact that it's a colourful cartoon. But then these are boys who enjoy watching um, Yu-Gi-Oh! My youngest enjoys watching the Pokemon cartoons. My, uh, the pair of them enjoy, to be honest, I enjoy as well, watching Young Justice, the DC cartoons. Um, so we've always been into enjoying animation and watching animation together. But this is definitely geared towards a younger audience. I've got the original droids cartoons from what must be the 80s. Um, and 
they felt more mature than this does at the moment. And more, even though again they were they were purely aimed at children. There was no deeper stories in the in the droids cartoons than than what you would see in in Rebels and in the Clone Wars. There wasn't that deeper undercurrent. Uh, story plot lines in there it was a lot more superficial a lot more what you see is what you get and that's what i feel you're seeing in resistance at the moment there isn't an undercurrent there isn't a deeper story um it's all eye candy and that's what it, it feels a bit like um similar to what you were saying alex um you're introduced to him as this accomplished pilot who knows his way around the next wing and he's able to lay a trap for want of a better word with with an enemy pilot so he's not stupid he's not tactically naive um he must have had training to be able to fly this this ship so you're hoping he's at least what 20 25 maybe in age and then you see him plonked onto the Colossus, and all of a sudden he's 12. And he's immature, and he's being led astray by quite shallow and superficial characters sometimes, just because he wants to fit in and he wants friends. And it's a case of, well, supposedly you're a spy on a mission, so why are you warming to a group of people who would want to be your friends? Mm. Um, and that's the type of story that you would see pop up in a Bob the Builder's cartoon. Or yeah. uh, it, it, it just feels like it's, it, it is aimed at, and, and I'm not going to say that this is a failure, because it's not. This, this cartoon is firmly aimed at the younger, the very young market of the Star Wars to, to hook in new fans, to hook in the next generation of, of, of the super fans of the Star Wars franchise. And I get that. Um, so this TV show is, is aimed at those seven-year-olds, um, maybe even younger than that, those preschoolers. Um, for me... I, I was going to say, for me, I think they've missed it with a character, though. They should have gone for a younger character. <clears throat> no, it's funny. Like the, the, one of the things that I've come to peace with, if you want to call it that, um, <clears throat> is that this is a a younger animated show. Um, so <clears throat> the, the the nerd in me that follows Marvel and DC, there are animated features and animated shows that are aimed at the younger generation that Ooh. I don't watch. Um, there's like a young Teen Titans Go. That's DC focused. I've yes, never, my, never my, yes. William watches that, and and to be honest, that is one that that grates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there's things like that. There's there's um, animated Marvel for for the Avengers and Spider Man that I haven't seen a single episode. But the fan in me feels that I can live without that. I'm good with it. it it's not for me. Happy days. But being the the Star Wars super enthusiast, super fan, whatever you want to call it, there's part of me that is, I want to watch it because it's Star Wars. Um, but there's this not, there's this voice in the back of my mind that's telling me, just watch it for what it is. It's a bright, 
coloured animated TV show. It isn't serious. It's 22 minutes of your life. You might not get it back, but ultimately you could end up getting a bit of a, a gem, you know, to, to your point, Mera, where you found <clears throat> the Clone Wars a bit of a slow burner. I'm hoping that this becomes a slow burner. You know, we know that this is in the build-up to The Force Awakens. We know the First Order are there, and, and like I touched on at the start of my review, that in the next episode, the First Order come to the Colossus. Um, so therefore, there's, there, there has to be this interaction to make the story progress. We know that Kaz has got this secret mission to be a spy. You know, we don't know who he's spying on yet. Um, but he never, doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, you know, so there must be a direction for this to go. So I'm kind of hoping that I'm going to watch it and there's going to be something that, could, that, that will hook me in eventually. Um, but for now, I'm telling myself that it is, it's an animated show uh, that, that isn't for me per se. It's for me as a Star Wars fan, but it's not me as a 36, almost 37-year-old man. Mm. If you've been 30 years younger. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you, your boys are what, 8-9, eight, 11-12. Eight and mm. they're, you know, are they, are they, and they're lapping it up to a certain extent. Um, I wouldn't say they're enthused by it. They're enjoying it, but and and they like the race bits. Um, on but, par, would they say it's on par with Rebels or not as good as Rebels? Because I know they've seen that as well. I've not asked that. Um, I, th- I think in a way they're confused by the character the same as we are, yeah. because the character is an adult, and you see an adult running around, but an adult isn't meant to be clueless, if arguably. that makes sense. Arguably, yes. Ar- well, yeah. arguably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, ooh, going further than this, is this, I'm like, probably going outside of Star Wars here, but one thing that I've noticed with animation and with programs that are aimed at children, there's quite often... The, the idea of showing that children are brighter than they should be or, or, or more competent. And in a, in a similar vein, making some of the adults around those children more stupid or, or less intelligent or more clumsy or what have you to, to bolster the child's perception of themselves. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I get that, and that's fine. But then you, you, the, the the adult in this program is the um, the 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 guy that that Kazuda uh, has gone to work for as his cover. This this Jarek Yarek character, and he's almost like a a dominant alpha male style character who is in control and knows what's happening. So he is isn't the authority figure in this this show, and Kazuna, because Kazuda is has adopted a klutzy, clumsy child persona in an mm. adult body. Yeah. So it's it's not fitting either genre for me. It's, it, I honestly think they would have been better to have gone for a much younger character. Yeah. Because it doesn't quite resonate with what children look at. Yeah. Or if indeed he is a spy, you know, continue mm. with that introduction of the character being this lead um, X-Wing pilot, you know, who has, has clearly done this before type thing, you know, continue with that rather than 
introduce us and all of a sudden change him the moment he gets on dry land. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I think you pointed this out, uh, the, the backstory to this character and the way that he seems to have come from. He seems to be uh, a bit of a daddy's boy who his daddy's well-placed in, in the New Republic. Um, he's got his potentially this, this child that Kazuda is, maybe we're doing him a disjustice and maybe he is younger than he appears, maybe he is only 15, 16, 17 and he's got the position in a type, in, a, in an X-Wing because of his father's status and role um, but in which case, why has he come to the attention of the elite Podameron um, if he is a useless person yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's too many there's too many things that just don't quite add up with it. Maybe it'll all make sense in the end, and, and that's fine. Or maybe we're looking at it way too deeply, and it's just trying to appeal to a seven year old. <laughs> that could yeah. very well be. <laughs> we 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 are Star Wars fans watching a TV show. If we don't overanalyze it, we aren't doing our jobs right. Uh, we're not. We're not. <laughs> let's be completely honest. So, um, that. The, the thing that the thing that I like to a certain extent is the fact that they are bringing in these characters that you know we touched on that Pro Dameron is in it um, and he was in in the first episode quite a bit. We saw um, who else was in it? oh Captain Phasma um, yes. has made yep. an appearance in one or two different episodes, a fleeting appearance. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Um, and the one thing that I'm the fan that I am hoping for is that we get to see Kylo Ren. Um, I thought that I think that would be pretty cool. Um, you know, he's a an awesome fighter pilot, as we've seen in The Last Jedi. Um, and therefore, it'd be good to see him getting involved. We know that at some point we see General Leia Organa as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, we can see that they are drip feeding us these established characters. But I think for me, you know, it's a point where Captain Phasma in particular hasn't been overly explored in the movies dare i call it a waste of a character um we know she has a a book we know that there's been a comic book that establishes her as well but kind of seeing her on screen we know that it's it's the voice of the actress that plays her uh gwendolyn yeah um so therefore it kind of adds for me anyway it adds a little bit of a meaning to the fact that they're going out of their way you know to bring in oscar isaac um as as poe as gwendolyn christie as as phasma um you know, it's a shame that they obviously can't have uh, Carrie Fisher as Leia, but nevertheless, um, we know these things are going to happen. And let's hope that if they do bring in Kylo Ren, we, hear, we have Adam Driver um, doing the voice. And, you know, <clears throat> dare I say it, we could actually see Finn as a Stormtrooper. Possibility. That would be pretty cool. Now, we know that Force Awakens is actually his first real-life mission as a Stormtrooper. Um, which was established in that young no- in the young novel book, um, the journey to the Force Awakens. But you know, we could see him training. We could see him interacting with Phasma. You know, there's clearly a, an established relationship between the two characters. Um, and me as the you know, I, I'd love to. See, I mean, I'm a massive fan of John Boyega. Um, we know you listen to the show, John. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, if we can see more of these characters, it might add a bit more meat to the bone. If that makes sense. 
Yeah. Yes. But but then I'm I'm quite happy for them to go their own way and produce shows which introduce other other corners of the Star Wars universe. It's it's a big galaxy. So I've got a problem if if there isn't wider interaction with it. Um I think this this brings us back to to the conversation that we had at the very beginning when we were talking about the cancellation of the Boba Fett uh, film. I don't mind them producing things that don't tie into areas of Star Wars that we're already um, familiar with. And I don't mind them introducing brand new areas and brand new characters and brand new situations, so long as the quality's there. And at the moment, that's the bit that, that is just missing on Resistance. It, it's it's not strong enough at the moment to, to grab me. And again, we're out of an analyzer because it's aimed at seven-year-olds. <laughs> I'll keep saying that. I, th- I think for a seven-year-old, I think it's got enough colour. I think it's got enough action. There's enough happening. There's enough more younger moral-based stories in there, such as what we saw in, in the third episode where um, uh, Kazuda was trying to make friends with the wrong crowd just because they seemed to uh, um, appeal to him and they were trying to flatter him into into joining them, but ultimately he gets betrayed by them, not in any bad way and not with really any major repercussion, um, which again ties into the fact that it's a younger story where there aren't there, where the consequences are smaller consequences for doing the wrong thing. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think when we when we'd watch something like the Clone Wars, if someone had done something for a selfish reason or be, which which is what he Kazuda had made this decision to to become friends with the wrong crowd for a selfish reason because he was rebelling against the parent um if you'd seen that within the clone wars you would have seen some form of repercussion from that which would have brought home a, a darker tone that the clone wars had or, or even rebels to some extent mm-hmm. um Whereas the, the the punishment or the not not so much the punishment but the the um, the result of his personal decision was quite a shallow result. It's like oh you made a mistake there. Oh well, something that didn't really matter got stolen. Oh well, and that was it really. Mm-hmm. And there was no real. Uh, um, consequence Uh, consequence that's the word i was looking for yes no real consequence of his actions which again ties into the fact that it's more superficial and it's it's more what what a child would see as a major consequence but from an adult perspective not so much if that makes sense no i totally agree with that um and i think it's kind of safe to say uh for the benefit of the listeners guys you know we we probably won't be doing a episode review uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, if, if you've kind of listened to us before, you know we tend to do a review of of the movies, uh, the Last Jedi in particular, and then uh, Solo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, I'm going to put it out there. I think maybe we should do a review of the original trilogy and everything else, just as a side note, um, one for the oh. one discussion affair. Uh, but nevertheless, um, we. We we've done these kind of reviews uh, for those for those movies, and we won't be doing a review per show. 
um, you know, catch us in a couple of weeks and we might touch base on resistance and see if it's changed our minds. I think that'd be an interesting conversation to have. Uh, plus, we need to get the, the, the opinions of, of Ali uh, and Andy. Interesting to see what Andy thinks, knowing he wasn't overly a fan of Clone Wars nor Rebels. What a weirdo, but anyway. Uh, no offense, <laughs> <man>. uh, <laughs> but, but then the Love flip from, from... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever the peacemaker, Mary. <laughs> um, um, although... Um, he did hint that he, he was quite a fan of resistance. He did. <laughs> he did. Um, That's our boy, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I tend to call Ali Mr. Contrary, but I think I might have to stick that label to Mr. Lego as well. <laughs> yeah. But no. Um, so, you know, I think that, that wraps up quite nicely um, our review of uh, the resistance TV show. Uh, for those of you in the UK, it's on Disney XD. Uh, weekly, um, I believe it's on Disney XD in the US, maybe even the Disney streaming app as well. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, um, but uh, so check it out if you can. Um, and to kind of wrap off this week's podcast, I touched on this in the earlier part of the podcast. We've got a competition for you guys, um, and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a special one. Um, I think we can all agree on that. So in a couple of weeks' time. On November the 16th, which is a Saturday, uh, the Jedi Council will be going ensemble. We will be meeting in London and we are going to see the Star Wars A New Hope in concert at the Royal Albert Hall. So for those of you that aren't familiar with what that is, is it's basically um, the London Symphony Orchestra are playing live along the musical score to A New Hope. So A New Hope will be projected on a massive screen um, but obviously instead of the music coming from the movie it will be coming live from the London Symphony Orchestra uh, this was announced earlier on in the year I can't remember if we've actually touched on it in a previous podcast we might have done um, I don't think we have actually uh, if not we are now which is good so either way we are the, the, we are collectively going down to see this uh, excluding Mera which is unfortunate Mera is obviously on the other side of the pond uh, and, and sadly can't come over to join us. But where we're going with this is that we're clearly looking forward to this and it's going to be an amazing time. Um, we, Like I said, we booked it in February and, and we've kind of been looking forward to this for the last nine months or so, give or take. Um, so what the competition is, guys, is we are giving one lucky listener the chance to win a ticket for free, don't have to pay for it, uh, to join the Jedi Council to watch the Star Wars A New Hope in concert live at the Royal Albert Hall. And with more details about what that includes, I'm going to hand over to Dave. Uh, <laughs> <if> you, <laughs> this, this, this was a collective idea, uh, guys, and, and we think that it gives us an opportunity to reach out to our fan base to get to know you guys potentially a little bit more. Um, and we're, we're actually excited about this as well. So, Dave, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand over to you. Okay, right, okay. Um, so, Andy, Alex and myself will all be attending the Royal Albert Hall on Saturday the 16th. Um, we will post up more details about the exact location and the timings um, on our website. But um, it's mid-afternoon, the, the, the showing. The showing was happening twice on Saturday, once um, around 2 o'clock, once around 7 o'clock in, in the evening. So we've gone for the earlier showing. We've got one 
extra ticket. So the ticket value is, is quite a nice one, actually. We've, we're not down on the flat. We're just as the hall starts to rise up above the level, the ground level and the orchestra level. So you'll be able to look out from above the, the audience that sat um, on the main floor. Um, the value of the ticket was £65. So that gives you some indication of the value of the prize that we're, we're offering here. Um, and we want to be joined by a mega fan. Um, now, there are a few conditions upon this just to make this work. Firstly, you have to be able to get to London on the 16th of November. So that is almost three weeks away. So. Saturday 16th of November is the important date you have to be able to get into London UK so if you're not in the UK or cannot get to the UK and I'm not suggesting that you need to buy um, air tickets or anything like that but if, if you cannot get to London on that day then I would suggest there's no point you entering the competition um, I would also want to stress that as well as coming to watch um, A New Hope in the Royal Albert Hall. We will also be going for a few drinks afterwards. So another uh, condition of this competition, I'm afraid, is that you will have to be 18. And we would have to have proof of your age of being 18. Because there's no way we're buying you alcohol unless you're 18. Whereas I can guarantee that we will buy you at least one drink, possibly a couple more if you join us and are over 18. So those are two stipulations that I'm afraid we're going to have to put in place. You have to be 18 and you have to be able to get to London on the 16th of November. Okay, so that aside, the competition is we want you to follow us on Twitter. We want you to, we, we will be tweeting about the competition not long after this competition goes uh, live on our podcast so we will be tweeting about that so we want you to follow us on twitter we want you to retweet our competition and then the third part is we will require you to post a selfie in a star wars themed picture to our original tweet about the competition because we want to offer this competition. We don't want to offer this competition to the types of people who just enter every competition that they see on Twitter. We don't want to open this competition up to non-fans who will just retweet and follow and then will disappear as a follower as soon as the competition has, has been announced. We're looking for Star Wars fans here. So we're asking for a photograph of you in a Star Wars themed selfie. And it's entirely up to you what that is. Um, and then the, the, the collective of the Jedi Council will look through all of the entries that we receive and we will choose the most entertaining uh, uh, photo, selfie, um, that we receive from you. Um, what does entertaining mean? Well, um, honestly, don't know, to be fair. Um, you need to impress us. You need to show a bit of humour, I would suggest. You need to um, indicate a little bit of your your love of Star Wars. You need to um, 
show how how much you enjoy Star Wars. That that's what we're looking for from this. So we're looking for a Star Wars fan who can get to London on the 16th of November. That's an important date. Who is 18 or older? Obviously older. Sorry, you don't have to just be 18. 18 <laughs> or older. <laughs> um. And that, that's it. Just post the most entertaining picture of you in a Star Wars-themed photograph. Now, that could be wearing a Star Wars T-shirt. Um, that could be you watching a Star Wars movie or a cartoon. That could be you and your family doing something Star Wars-related. Um, it, it is whatever you want to post as a picture. Um, I think that's about it. We'll post up full terms conditions. Um, going into the the, the the small text, I guess um, I would also suggest that there is no cash alternative to this prize. It is the ticket or it's nothing, which is why you need to be able to get to London on the 16th. So I would suggest don't enter if you don't if you can't make it because it would be a shame that you won the ticket. And then couldn't make it, and somebody else who could have made it didn't then win the ticket. So make it to London on the 16th, 18 or older, post the most entertaining selfie um, attached to our original tweet about this competition, and follow us on Twitter and retweet the original tweet about the competition. Those are the conditions, and you will win. A fantastic prize. I think that's it. That is spot on. Yeah. So, guys, you know, we, we really want some of the, some interesting things to see. Like Dave said, if it's a picture of you in a Star Wars T-shirt watching a movie with your collectibles, hugging a, oh, yes. a figure, <laughs> whatever that may be. <clears throat> okay. Just I can say, just, just as an indication, not that I'm suggesting you ever do this, I once won a four-foot-tall Stormtrooper um, at Celebration in London. And I won it by posting the most entertaining picture of myself and that Stormtrooper. And um, it was me licking the nipple of that Stormtrooper. And um, for whatever reason, they decided that was the most entertaining picture. Now, I'm not asking that you lick the nipple of a Stormtrooper. What I am asking, though, is that you post an entertaining selfie. That was when it was a celebration. It was a Jedi News competition, wasn't it? It was Jedi News, yes. Uh, celebration in 2016. Shout out to Jedi News to thank you for that, for Dave's uh, collectible that he now has, that he loves, I'm sure. I and do. If you, if you include a little droid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that, that might get extra points with Mera. You never know. <laughs> so the winning the winning picture um will be uh kind of deliberated on by the collective of the council uh so there's obviously five of us to impress um the winning picture will also be shared of course on twitter as well uh not to mention the fact that the um winner will be announced well we we're kind of thinking in and around maybe the 11th 12th of november i think it is um, um maybe may, yeah maybe a little bit before that maybe the 10th just yeah. thinking about time frames, yeah, to, yeah, to give the person enough time to actually to, to get to London. So yeah. if we went Saturday the tenth, yeah, and that announcement will be on our Twitter feed. Um, yep. We'll obviously try and mention it on the next podcast that we have um, as well, and, and obviously any before that as well. Uh, we just want to get you guys 
involved in this because we think it's going to be uh, a. It's going to be an amazing evening. Um, you know, it's yeah. it's not just any Star Wars film. It's the Star Wars film. And Dave, I know you actually just call it Star Wars. You don't really call it A New Hope. No, it is Star Wars. It's, the, it's Star Wars. It's the John Williams epic score. It's it's going to be a pretty good night. Um, afternoon. It's the Royal Albert Hall and the London Symphony Orchestra. Yeah. Come on. The venue is superb. Um, uh, I, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to see the music of Star Wars there uh, last year with my wife. The two of us went. Uh, that didn't actually show the movie. It just had the orchestra playing the tracks and the score from all seven movies at that point in time because The Last Jedi wasn't released and it was just the, the seven. Um, and it's in a fantastic venue with a fantastic movie, fantastic score, with fantastic people, uh, let's be honest. Um, and, hope- and us as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. not me. But that's okay, I'll be there in spirit. <laughs> if you can put up with us nerds talking about Star Wars because you're, <laughs> you're going to be one of us, then yeah, it's going to be a really good night and we hope to... Uh, Hope to have a really good time. Uh, we'll also get your feedback. We're going to try and do, we're actually going to try and do a podcast uh, uh, straight after, if we can. Um, not to mention, I'm sure we'll put some pictures up of the event uh, while we're there beforehand and afterwards. Uh, I'm p- pretty sure they won't want us recording it during it, obviously. Um, but um, yeah, so guys, stay tuned to that. Uh, and we hope we can get as many uh, as many applicants, that's the wrong entries, that's what I'm looking for, uh, as many entries as we can to this competition because we think it's a, it's a pretty cool prize. It is. It is. I, I, I actually used the word applicant as well because if we're looking to try and do a quick podcast after the, the show, then there's, there's a possibility that this person will be on that podcast. If they want to hang around and air their thoughts about the show, absolutely. Why not? Yes. So, so this, this, this prize is becoming bigger and bigger. We're talking a visit to the Royal Albert Hall to watch Star Wars A New Hope live orchestra with the Royal Symphony, Royal London Symphony Orchestra. We're talking about going out into London afterwards and having a couple of drinks. Um, we're talking about joining us on a, a quick recording podcast just to talk about how great this, this concert was, concert and movie was. So we're talking about a great, great prize here. Exactly. Uh, and to be honest with you, I don't, we can't really carry on from that. I think that's a fantastic way to wrap up this week's podcast. Um, it's, been, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, chewing the fat with you guys, um, you know, as we do with, with, with everything and anything that we discuss about Star Wars. Uh, bang on an hour and a half, which is always good. Um, and for a change, we haven't gone over. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, as a wrap up, some closing thoughts from you guys. Mera, some closing thoughts on everything that we've discussed today. Uh, well, as always, um, I'm looking forward to more Star Wars. And uh, fingers crossed that, you know, Resistance will dig a little bit deeper as it goes on. Um, uh, just my personal uh, wish. Uh, looking forward to uh, the Mandalorian, of course. I mean, I want to grow up to be a Mandalorian. Um, more R two D two. I can never get enough of that. Um, and the and the fact that uh, you guys are doing this contest, uh, it, it's absolutely marvelous. And I personally encourage everybody to enter to win. Give us your best shot. Uh, it's a chance of a lifetime. Um, oh. And hopefully, we can make this annual, and I will make it to the next one. <laughs> Well, I think this is the first time they've ever done it. So, 
I might maybe next year it will be Empire Strikes Back. You never know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dave, closing thoughts from yourself. I can see myself becoming poorer, both from the, the case of the collectibles that I've seen recently. <laughs> And also from the fact that, that the Jedi Council will be out on the town in London in less than three weeks. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> I think that's it for me, for of course. <laughs> the force is strong with us. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the, the final thoughts for me is, yeah, looking forward to this competition. Um, hopefully you guys appreciate that this is a pretty cool, pretty cool prize. Um, looking forward to seeing what we get. Slightly dreading it to a certain extent after your recommendation that David was Stormtrooper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, looking forward to that, guys. Um, we are hopefully, well, if we do recall next weekend, I won't be around. I'm, I'm actually off to Walt Disney World next weekend. So stay tuned to our Twitter feed and our Instagram posts. I will be sticking up everything that I can see that is Star Wars related. Uh, whether that be a ride, whether that be, um, you know, merch, T-shirts, whatever, artwork, um, I will be trying to post what I can uh, that is Star Wars related. Plus, if I can, I might try and see if I can see anything from a construction perspective uh, for Galaxy's Edge. I hear you need to ride the Slinky Dog in order to do that. I Yeah, I have a fast pass for the Slinky Dog uh, already, mm. so I'm, I'm raring to go. Not to mention it is my birthday while I'm out there. So on the 6th of November, it's my birthday, and I will be in Hollywood yeah. Studios, uh, which is where everything's being made from a Star Wars perspective. Purposely chose that park, obviously, on my birthday, because it's where I had to go, let's be honest. Um, obviously. So, yeah, so, you know, look out for that, guys. We are ever so grateful that you've listened to us. So don't forget, we are the Jedi Council. We try to discuss everything and anything Star Wars related. We are... Glad to have you guys listening, whether today is your first time, whether it is your continual time. Um, and we look forward to, to having you back. Don't forget, we are Twitter at the Jedi underscore council. On Instagram, it is at the Jedi underscore council underscore TJC. We are www.the-jedi-council.com. Got it right for a change, Dave. Um, oh. <laughs> and, you know, remember, may the force be with you. Remember, the force will be with you.